Hi, I'm Paul Stringflow and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, we're back out on the road again, this time at Microsoft Ignite Tour, where I catch up with a couple of my friends from the IT industry, where we talk about modernisation of both data centres and applications. So, settle back and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Tech Interviews. So, this time we're back out on the road, and I'm here at the Microsoft Ignite Tour in London. Uh, so, while I was wandering around, minding my own business, I bumped into two of my uh, my favourite industry colleagues, uh, none other than Jason Benedicic and Rory McBride. Hi, gentlemen, how are you? Very well, thank you. Yeah, good stringy. Nice to see you again. Oh, that's, that's nice. All, always good to see you. So, um, well, I thought, being, being as we had this opportunity, we're all sat together on these fascinating chairs, which are made out of cardboard. Uh, so if, if you've not been to this event, you'll have no idea what we're talking about, but they're a thing to behold. Um, I thought I'd get your views on partly why you're here and maybe some of the things that you've picked up on. But before we do that, uh, why don't you, for people who don't know who you are, introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, being as there's two of you, I suppose I best direct this. Uh, so let's start with Rory. Hello. Uh, I'm Rory McBride. I'm the Modernising Data Centre Practice Lead Architect for Arrow in the UK. Um, I've come here today to uh, increase my knowledge around Microsoft and mainly the Azure piece. Um, I've done quite a bit with other cloud providers, but uh, my knowledge is a bit lacking with Microsoft. Uh, so yeah, that's why I'm here. Okay, well we'll come back and find out a little bit more about that in a second. Uh, and Jason, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, Jason Bonavicic, I'm an independent consultant uh, working here in the UK. Uh, help a number of customers around uh, DevOps, automation and uh, moving to the cloud. So I'm here to learn a little bit more about uh, the migration aspects of modernising applications, um, development and uh, those sorts of things. Well, why don't we start there, actually? So we're talking about, because you're both talking about modernising, but let's, let's start with this idea of modernising applications. So maybe just a, a little bit of a grounder before we talk particularly about what, what you're interested in with, in what Microsoft are doing in that space. What do you mean when you talk about modernising applications? Okay, so from my point of view, I work with customers that tend to have large legacy monoliths. Um, so you, most of your application is written in single pieces of code, I don't know, a big Java application or a big C Sharp or C++ if you go a bit back further. So large applications where changes that are made are made to the entire application. Um, so that's generally what we, we refer to as a monolith. Um, so in modernizing that, what we do is we take those down and break them into microservices or other smaller things, functions. Um, so take each bounded context um, and function of your application and break that out into individual pieces of code that you can run separately, um, distributed, um, usually for scale and performance reasons. Yeah, because I was going to say, so, so why are organizations looking at this? Is this because it's been driven by cloud or is it being driven by a need to deliver applications differently into an organization? So there's a lot of different things, but um, some of the ones you mentioned there are the, the most key. So a lot of this is the um, speed of development and speed to market. Um, if you've got to update a legacy application for a new feature that you want to bring to market, it's generally a very slow cycle. Um, it doesn't really fit in with agile methodologies and, and you know, you're not doing m many iterative changes, you're doing large monolithic changes. So what they want to do there is they want to be able to release a new feature quickly, test it quickly, um, get it out independently of the other parts of the system. So breaking it down gives you that um, ability to make very agile changes and also the, um, the deployment method is there. So you can fit in with uh, DevOps deployment and CICD pipelines um, and get things out quicker um, in smaller increments. 
So is this much more about the ability to have more flexibility in a team so that somebody, as you say, wants to develop a particular bit of an application, they're not tied down to having to wait for 10 other people to do their bit first? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you, you tend to have each functional piece of code or, you know, part that um, working part of the system is independent of the others um, and independently versioned, independently feature flagged, um, so you can get things out without the rest of the team having to worry about it. You know, you're testing your integrations independently, you're running your test cycles independently, and your deployment cycles independently, and you turn your features on and off as, at, at will. So you talk, uh, in your instruction mentioned that obviously you're an independent consultant, so you don't work for any one person particularly. But is there, is there certain types of organisations or certain types of applications or, or maybe even certain outcomes that people are after that would drive them down this route? You know, or is this something that you know, just kind of the big companies are doing or people at the cutting edge of something are doing? Actually, it's a really mixed bag. Um, so as, as you know, we, we came from a technology and an infrastructure background. Um, so what I'm finding is, is even across uh, larger enterprises and smaller you're coming to the end of refresh cycles or um, you know you need to replace hardware um, and people are looking to take that step to the cloud or, or get better use of a refresh so not everyone's going all in on the cloud um, you know it's not always cloud first as a mantra so they're looking to get more with with the same budgets or even less budgets and being able to um, be agile and scalable um, and have distributed um, systems allows them to take advantage of uh, both cloud and on-prem services and delivery into um, a better model basically so it's a mixed bag of a bit of everybody's doing it um, I find that each company is in a different space um, your smaller companies that don't have as much legacy carrying with them they are further ahead on the journey um, the larger businesses they are starting the journey but they will start by taking IaaS to the cloud. So they'll just say, okay, well, we've got these applications, we're just going to move them. And then we'll deal with refactoring them uh, later on down the line. Um, but they get the benefits of the cloud in that. So they get the burstability. Um, they get the flexibility of hardware choices, turning it on and off, somebody else to deal with the physical infrastructure. Um, and then they can start modernizing it after that. So, um, well, for two, two modernizers for the price of one on this, um, there's interesting something Jason was just talking about there, Rory, about the idea that not everybody is leaping all in into, into public cloud. Um, so it, it, does that kind of explain your role a little bit, where people are looking to modernize their, their data center practices, their data center technologies? Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you I do? I think, yeah, the, the, the piece that Jason talked there about the, the cloud first, I think, yeah, cloud isn't the only answer. Um, and I think the, the, the issue that I'm trying to help people understand is that Yes, you can go to the cloud and it's very good for certain applications, but there may be a better way to do it and let me bring some options to the table for you. Let me see what we've got in our kit bag um, that's going to help solve the problem that's keeping you up at night. Um, rather than just, okay, we're on a hardware refresh cycle, it's been five years, what's the current Intel CPU stack? Let's buy for that and, and move on. You know, and which you know, is great for certain organizations in a way that you know, they're, they're keeping up with the latest technology, but is that the best thing for the application? Um, is it delivering back to the business? You know, we look at the, the cost of certain database licensing on a per core basis. Does buying something you know, with 64 cores really help the business? Or does you know, buying something smaller make more sense and keeping it isolated? So there's, there's, there's lots of conversations to have around there about you know, the modernization piece, but... Um, yeah, I, I, I try and start my conversations with 
what are the problems that are that are affecting your business today let's start with those and, and where do we see this business moving to over the next 12 18 months i would like to see it being um decisions being made on the next three to five years but a lot of these organizations really can't see past the next 12 months because it's difficult to see how financially they're going to be sitting um, where they're going to have a budget to, so they, they don't want to plan for something like maybe three years in the cloud and not have the budget after two so um, they're, they're great conversations to have and, and making them aware of it and, and giving them options and the flexibility to, to move in and out of the cloud as and when they need to uh, is a great piece and I think you know as we're at Microsoft you know they've got off, uh, offerings for both Azure or on-premises so I would just take you back to something actually you said, said earlier on. It, it kind of matches in with a conversation I've been having this week around what people's idea of modernization is. And I think it's something you said there before that I, I think in a lot of instances still, people see data center modernization as I'll just buy some new servers or I'll just buy some I'll newer to, storage. I'll or go I'll, to 40 gig or 100 gig networking yeah, and yeah. those sorts of technologies. But, but for you then, modernization is something beyond that. It's a, yeah. it's a much bigger piece. It, it, it is understanding the application that's going to be running on there rather than a separate sort of we're the hardware team we're the networking team and they're the application team so we'll we'll get it as far as there it's up and running you know fill your boots it's it's talking to those teams bringing those teams together and making sure that they're not seen as individual thiefdoms and that they see that they can provide a benefit back to the the, the organization or the company that they work for um and and things like understanding how they would charge back they don't have to charge back to the business but that concept makes them think more about the service that they provide the SLAs that they may have um, the projects that they undertake as and when rather than we'll do this one because it's easy we'll do this one now because it's a challenge and if we don't our business is actually going to lose um, market share to our competitors and so how, how do you kind of open up that conversation with somebody? Because I think um, so it's a really interesting point, and I'm with you. I think the idea of modernizing infrastructure, a bit like Jason talked about with modernizing an application, it's about looking at a different way of doing something. It's not just about taking what you've got and making it run on something a little bit faster or a yeah. little bit more up-to-date. So, you know, is your experience that organizations are already thinking like that, or is there, is there still a piece of work to be done with a business to say we the way you're going to best extract value out of technology is to think differently about how you use it. I would suggest there's two types of business. One is one that has a, a champion, so to speak, who, who wants to, to move to this modernizing methodology, uh, understands that they can't carry on as they are um, to succeed as a business. Um, and they're the ones that you need to find in that organization and, and help them bring the right people to the table. But there are also those organizations that are unaware that this is the way to do things um, and it's, it's uncovering people there and having a very high level conversation with them uh, and talking more about processes than um, the actual hardware vendor or software vendor that they might want to implement. See then where they want to go and then you can start drilling into the solution that you're going to put forward for them. And do you think that um yeah, because we're here at a Microsoft event and obviously lots and lots of conversation around Azure and what Microsoft is doing in the cloud. Do you think it's the way that we've got used to the way the cloud operates and the kind of cloud workflow that's making organizations think differently about how they deploy technology on-prem? Definitely. Uh, I think between those use cases as well as the, the personal ones with a, a smartphone, for instance, makes people think about, you know, how, how can my application be that easy? 
Um, why is it that I can do such and such on my phone, but um, when I want to search for something in the database at work, it takes five minutes to get a result? You know, these are the, the queries that we that we hear. Um, and yeah, you find out well, that that's because they've not had JSON help them to refactor. Yeah, they've still got a monolith. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is that is. Uh, or they, you know they, they've they've just got a database and it's searching everything rather than looking at a specific um, table or field. So it's it's um, it's bringing those conversations home and, and understanding. Look, are you thinking of moving some of this to the cloud today, tomorrow, or never? You know, if it's never, let's figure out how we can make it the best to be running up on site for you or in your colo or wherever it is today. Um, and if not, then. How would we modernize this? How would we start breaking it up and, and pass it over to somebody like Jason to, to help carry that message through your organization and evolve it into the application that you want? So, I mean, you've both spoken quite the, uh, quite a piece around uh, around hybrid, you know, this idea that I've got some stuff on-prem, I've got some stuff in the cloud, and I'm, I'm starting to maybe take advantage of public cloud so I can do things differently. Um, you know, so, so I think that's quite interesting, and, and you both talk about modernization as, as part of your job roles, and, and obviously cloud and, and this idea of taking advantage tactically where it's right of these kind of capabilities is huge. Um, so, so I think that's, uh, that's really interesting. It's a really interesting um, piece of uh, kind of commonality that you've got. Um, so, so moving on a little bit, then we're, we're here at this uh, Microsoft event, Microsoft Ignite. Um, what are some of the things then that Microsoft are doing in this space, Jason, that are kind of helping you in your role? You know, what have you seen today that's that's got some value for you? Okay, so uh, a couple of things that have been interesting for me. One was the open service broker for Azure. So I deal with a lot of containers and Kubernetes. Um, but you don't. Should we have a drink now? You've said Kubernetes. Yeah, we probably should. Yep. We'll do that after this. Yeah. Um, so. But not everything runs in a container or within Kubernetes. What the open service broker allows you to do is when you need an external component, say an Azure SQL database or service bus or Cosmos, uh, is that the common deployment factor is that you're going to write Kubernetes YAML, Kubernetes manifests. So I can, the open service broker gives me an integration that says I, I want a SQL database, I want it to look like this. Uh, and then the Kubernetes service will go off and call that in Azure and deal with connecting the two together. So this common management framework um, kind of is, is where that is at. And I think, um, just going back onto what you said about hybrid there, I actually think this is probably going to be the decade of hybrid. I think I think we're into that now. Is that every, The one thing I'm seeing for everyone, especially like Microsoft announced at uh, Ignite USA uh, back end of last year, was Microsoft Arc. Now, that's a consumption framework over the top of your Azure portal, over the top of your current hardware, over the top of your Azure stack on-prem where you get that same experience. And I think this is where we're into the battle of everybody now. I think, you know, I've seen similar offerings coming out of Microsoft, out of AWS, out of even NAP. NAP have got Fabric Orchestrator. I mean, we're now into that realm of who can help me deploy everything in a similar manner. Um, where can I go to, oh, I want it in this cloud. I want it on-prem. I want it, you know, I want to, I want to have an easy consumption model, and I think that's where we are now. And so the, the framework of things coming out of Microsoft here in that, so Arc and open service architecture is great. So do you think, because um, I think that's a really interesting example, that the idea of uh, you hybrid, it's been the decade of hybrid, and um, you're too late, that was a show we did the other week about uh, what, what was coming <laughs> in 2020. But, um, but, but do you think that this kind of, we've talked a lot about this idea of multi-cloud, of, of multi-location maybe, let's call it that, do you think that is likely to become more and more, either of you actually, do you think this is more and more a reality for people? Whoever yeah. wants to take that? Oh, I'll take it to start yeah. with and I'll let Rory jump in. But So, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, you know, we had 
the last 10 years, people have jumped into cloud-first mandates. They have moved a lot of things into the cloud and they've learned a lot of lessons. And then there's been some repatriation. There have been some steps backwards and some rethinking. I think now we're into the realms of right workload, right location. And that might not just be multi-cloud or multi-location. It, it could be that actually this is just going to work better on-premises on my pr traditional infrastructure. Um, Microsoft are going to provide me this and Google are going to provide me that. I, I don't think it's a bad term to say multi-cloud or hybrid multi-cloud or however, you know, there's a lot of buzzwords, but I don't think it's a wrong approach to take anywhere. I think people are cutting on to the fact that actually everything has a home. So uh, we're, we're recording this just sat in front of somebody who's about to deliver a session, so, so this may, may or may not go well, but we'll, we'll soldier on. Um, so, but Rory, I mean, the kind of thing that, that Jason's talking about there, this idea of uh, multi-location and making management of those multi-locations simple, does that kind of play into that modernization of the data center as well? Yeah, I think some of the things that it comes down to is uh, letting go of... of having to have all your IT equipment on the, in the basement or in a server room down the corridor from when they're sitting. And I think that once you can get around that idea of it moving to somewhere else, then uh, I believe there's always room to pick where it's going to be. Uh, and it may start off in one cloud render and it might migrate over time to another or it might come back on site. I think giving yourself that flexibility is, is, is a huge um, I suppose, uh, factor in deciding what you can do with your applications. Um, one thing I do like is, is um, and you're asking there, Jason, about what he's, what he's picked up today, is I think what's hit me is the Microsoft here today isn't the one that probably a lot of people think about. You know, it, it's not the operating system vendor. It's, it's not the uh, Word, Excel that you maybe have on your laptop. You know, this is, this is a huge company now. You know, Azure is a, a great offering, and I think it's in... 55 regions or something I heard earlier today. So it's, it is a massive company and it's it's great to see that there's a huge number of people here from various vendors in their marketplace that are able to provide you a, a solution that th they may be traditional vendors as well that work on premises, but you can also now get their solutions within the cloud. And I think that also gives people peace of mind that if I do move out, if I do start looking at this um, multi-site, multi-cloud, multi-vendor offering, that I can take what I like doing on my premises and moving that into the cloud and have the same look and feel, or vice versa, I like what I've, I've built up there, I can bring it back in-house, uh, is a great driver for some organizations. Yeah, and I, and I think that idea of kind of workload and data portability is, is going to continue to be something that over not just the next 12 months, but you know, in, in the medium term for and maybe long term for a lot of IT strategies is going to be absolutely crucial because I think increasingly, and, and it's something that we've seen today, increasingly you want to gonna, gonna want to be able to take advantage of some of the services that Microsoft can de deliver inside of Azure, uh, but the same things that AWS may be able to deliver or things that Google or, or other providers may be able to deliver. And you need to architect applications and architect infrastructure that allows you to, to do that. So, um, well, look, as we, as we start to wrap up here a little bit, is there, um, is there any other things that you've taken from today or any other things that you're looking forward to finding out about that, uh, that we haven't covered yet, Jason? Yeah, so I, I think, uh, and we spoke about this earlier, the one thing I'll take away from today is that Microsoft is very much the enterprise-focused cloud. Um, it fits in very well with traditional enterprises, and they, and they work well in their licensing, in their offerings, and in their integration with other uh, third parties and vendors into offering what the enterprises need. I mean, to add to that, it's, you know, we've got Red Hat upstairs, 
you know, a great Linux offering that Microsoft now allow you to run within their Azure stack. And it's, it's, it's things like that that prove that you need to look at what they're doing. You need to see if it's a good place to start. Um, we were talking before we started recording that, you know, Microsoft is the probably the cloud for a lot of traditional enterprises, and it's great to see the the offerings here today that that they can build with. Well, look, before we wrap up, maybe just like a slightly different question that I want to ask you both because you both talked about in your roles this idea of modernization. So I'll start with you, Rory. So, so if somebody's listening to this and hears a phrase modernizing their data center. Now, what, what kind of things would they be doing inside of their organization that may want them to think about, actually, now is a good time to start looking at seriously modernizing and changing the way we deliver IT? If they find that they're spending more time fighting fires um, or battling with, with budgets and, and trying to figure out what they can do, do they feel like they're they're going down with a sinking ship and they're trying to bail out all the time that you know it's it's those sorts of things that, that, that may start raising flags. But it could be other things that are you know, just because we've always done it that way, doesn't mean that it's the best way to do it. And I think that's that's a key thing. You know, let's have a conversation and let's figure out, because yes, you might actually be doing it the best way for your company today. But even just having that conversation might stand you in a better place so that when two, three, five years down the line, you have that ability to move to what's next. What's, what's the now for you? Yeah, that's a really good point. I think the idea, and maybe it should be always a way that technology is designed you know it should never be about boxing somebody into a corner it should always be about thinking about how do I build this so that I can move on that I can develop and continue to innovate it in the future um, and maybe same question to you Jason you know, if somebody's listening to this and they've heard the phrase modernizing of applications you know if, I, if I'm inside of a business I know we kind of touched on this earlier on but if I'm inside of a business and thinking well do I need to modernize my applications what, what kind of things would be the flags that would raise to you to say actually yeah there's some real value in you doing that Okay, so let's take uh, an example that we're all quite familiar with. We're, we all work well closely with NAP. Previously, you used to get an ONTAP release maybe once or twice a year. Now, that's a long cycle. There's a lot of change in that. It brings a lot of, you know, actually drastic change, and maybe people don't want to upgrade. And that brings in really large change management processes, not just internally for the amount of, you know, content that they put into a release, but as you know, my customers, they're, if they're caught up in change management processes and a release of an application takes days, weeks, months, then you, you need to start looking at that because somebody else that is more agile is going to come along and take your market share or take your lunch away from you. So the ability to release things quickly, not spend so much doing change boards or anything else like that and, you know, reversion and going backwards, you know, it, those are the areas where people will start to think, actually, can I do this differently? Can I release this you know, on a more frequent basis. Right? So ONTAP was that example. We, we now get at least uh, a, a release every six months, at least. I mean, that's... Cloud ONTAP's every three weeks? Yes. So... Hang on, I'm going to move that. What was that? Cloud ONTAP is every three weeks. So, yeah. Um, and the NKS team uh, are doing releases probably two or three times a week. Um, so, you know, we're, we're now seeing that you can bring value to market quicker. And I think that's the big thing that businesses are looking at when it comes to modernizing applications. How can I bring value to market quicker so that somebody else doesn't? 
Yeah, and I think that's a really good point, actually, about that idea of value to market, because what we're really focusing on when we do that is how can we use technology to deliver better business outcomes as opposed to how can we use technology just to do some more technology stuff. So, so I think that's a, well, actually, that's, a, that's a great place to, to round up, and plus that these cardboard seats get uncomfortable after 20 minutes, we've just found. So, um, so guys, look, thank you very much for your time. It's been great to see you here today. And um, But for people who maybe want to find out more about what you guys do or find out a little bit more about, because you, you know you both write plenty of blog posts, you're both pretty on social media people want to hunt you down a little bit how how might they be able to do that jason so they can find me on twitter at ja benedicic probably add that in the show notes um and i blog on the datacenterbrit.co.uk and you thought benedicic was difficult to spell uh rory how can we find you on social media uh, i'm at mcbride underscore rory at uh, twitter but uh, rory is spelled r-u-a-i-r-i uh, so it does confuse people at times uh, and uh, Rory McBride uh, on WordPress as well like uh, you were a couple of years ago I haven't ponied up yet for the site but uh, I may do at some point yeah I think uh, RoryMcBride.com is in the offing uh, and we should all have one of those um, so um, hey guys well, enjoy the rest of your uh, Microsoft Ignite experience Thank and uh, thanks. thanks for joining us on Tech Interviews this week speak to you both soon I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. And if you'd like to appear as a guest on Tech Interviews or have an idea for a show, why not drop me an email, podcast at techstringy.com. Next time, we take a look at the changing world of VDI. So to make sure you catch that show, why not subscribe? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify, as well as all of the good homes of podcasts. So until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.